0: On today's episode of the Cosmos Podcast, we have part eight of our 10-part sponsorship series. This episode specifically discusses the renewal process, including when the right time is to start talking about renewals, how to understand where you stand with your sponsors, and whether it's time to pitch for a higher investment or what to do when things haven't gone exactly to plan, uh, and also the case of how to handle things when it may be time to move on. So if you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the Cosmos Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Uh, if you're like me and you like listening on the go, great place to, to get the podcasts and uh, make sure you don't miss any episodes. Uh, you can also find our entire archive on cosmosports.com slash podcast. Uh, if you have an, any questions about anything discussed on the podcast, you can always reach us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram now, uh, or by email at info at We hope you enjoy. everybody, to episode eight of our corporate sponsorship webinar series hosted by Cosmo Sports and Entertainment. Uh, my name is Evan Colborne. I'm the director of business development here with Cosmo Sports and Entertainment. And here with me is Carrie Kaplan, our president and founder of Cosmo Sports and Entertainment. Um, the series is brought to you by Central Counties Tourism and Sport Durham. So very special thanks to both those groups for putting on this webinar series and for allowing us to host it. This is episode eight. Uh, so if you've been following along, we've been going through step by step the entire sponsorship process. We've been going through uh, very sequentially. So at this stage, we've gone through everything from how to determine what you even have to offer sponsors, what are they looking for, who to reach out to, how to pitch, how to negotiate, how to objection handle, and we've gone through really the whole cycle. And now we're at the point of of uh, renewals. So that's going to be today's topic. Um, before we get started, just a couple housekeeping items. If you do have any questions, uh, there's a uh, chat box on the YouTube page. So if you want to insert any questions there. If, you're, if you can't see it, you may be in the full screen view, you may need to exit out of that. Uh, you also do need to have a Google account to submit questions through there. So if you don't uh, have one of those, uh, or if you're not logged in and you'd like to submit a question, you can do so by email, uh, info at cosmosports.com, or you can go on our t- uh, team page on our website and all of our emails are there uh, before, during, after the broadcast. If you have any questions, uh, we'd, be, uh, we'd be happy to answer any that come through. So... Um, If you do have any questions and you are logged in and would like to submit them, then uh, please do as we go if it's there's a little bit of a delay on the broadcast so if you submit it right at the end, we may not get a chance to see it actually before we wrap up live on our end so if you have a question just submit it as we go. Great so episode eight, um, as I mentioned, uh, we've been going through the whole sponsorship process very sequentially Um, in this case now we're going to talk about how to handle sponsorship renewals. And so for today's agenda, uh, we're going to look at first kind of understanding how what the process really looks like from both sides of the equation, from the sponsor side and from the property side. Um, we're going to look at uh, what sort of factors influence uh, a renewal. Uh, lots of things that, that go into a decision about to continue a sponsorship relationship. So we're going to go through some of the ones that, uh, that are most common and then also look at some ones that are a little bit more in, in your control versus the ones that are a little bit more outside of our control. So. Um, so we're going to look at that and we're also going to look at when about timing, we're going to look at when's the right time to reach out for, uh, to start that renewal process because that can be a little bit tricky to, to figure out exactly when the right time is to reach out. Uh, you don't want to do it too early. You don't want to do it too late. So uh, we're going to touch on that a little bit as well. Uh, so again, just to summarize where we've come from, where, uh, where this whole uh, sponsorship uh, webinar series has taken us. So we started off with what sponsors want, trying to understand it from their point of view. Uh, looked at it from the property side and said, well, what are we going to have to offer sponsors? Looked at who to reach out to, who the right decision makers are, and how to understand who to reach out to. We looked at those initial sponsorship meetings, the needs analysis, all that kind of stuff. We looked at actually pitching and negotiating a sponsorship. We looked at objection handling. And last, our last episode was looking at actually measuring and analyzing the results of a sponsorship to actually show that it, hopefully that it's actually working and that you're delivering what uh, what you've agreed on. So. Uh, which brings us to today. So um I guess really to really to start um wanted to take a step back and kind of look at it from the sponsor's point of view um and how they're kind of approaching renewals and how they they might be thinking about it. So um obviously there's there's sponsors of all different sizes. There's some companies that are very sophisticated with their sponsorship. There's some um for some of the events that may be listening on the call there are more local businesses, sponsorship might not be, they may not exactly use the word sponsorship, but it's part of their marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, you know, people tend to kind of look at their, their marketing spend as, you know, as a bit of a portfolio and yeah. um, you know, very similar to kind of personal investments or things like that. It's, you know, every once in a while, you gotta, you gotta kind of shuffle the deck, rebalance a little bit. And um, so that's really what we wanted to show here was just that kind of, it's part of the process. It's, you know, sometimes, renewals or sponsorships are not going to be renewed and uh, but that's just kind of a natural part of the process. So, um, we also you know, look at it something like this that you know this is a very simplistic example you see here on the screen but uh, if you think about it you know sponsors you know they're, they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to stagger it a little bit so that they don't have their entire portfolio coming up for renewal in, the, in a single year. Uh, similarly you know on the property side um, as things get more sophisticated and you've been doing it for a few, more, uh, few years, you can start to look at that yourself and say, okay, we want to make sure that we're staggering our agreements so that our sponsors are not all, all coming up for renewal in a single year, that we can spread that out over the course of a few years. So, um, was didn't find an exact stat, but kind of gut feel, um, kind of thought, you know, the average sponsorships probably about three years. Would you say that's kind of fair? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's,
1: I think what one thing it's always hard with this process is to, uh is the every sponsor is different. So there's companies depending on size. I, I would say the more sophisticated, maybe the good generalization is there's a correlation between sophistication and like, so if you're a sophisticated partner, I, I like to use Scotiabank. Scotiabank is one of the most sophisticated companies all the, the major banks are as far as their sponsorship methodology they tend to prefer five, 10, 15 year deals i think we were in a discussion you and i with td bank and um, one of our territories we work in and the length of time they prefer a longer term because you want to develop something And i think with smaller companies or companies that are trying things sometimes when you're new um like when you're you know they haven't done sponsorship and they're looking to do it then it's closer to one year or maybe three years. I think that so three is a short answer there. Three is probably a happy medium, but uh, I think sophistication makes for longer term agreements and uh, uh, people are less sophisticated and looking to try things. are going to be more likely to do one year or or maybe a little
0: more. For sure. Um, Maybe a little bit hard to see on the screen here. Just uh, this was taken from the uh, Canadian sponsorship landscape study, a uh, study we've referenced uh, several times throughout this uh, series. Uh, but this just notes that the average number of sponsorships that a sponsor might do uh, here is listed at forty-two and a quarter. So, for those really big companies, you know, they're doing lots of different sponsorships. You know, we, uh, as a property, we always, you know, may like to think that ours is the uh, the most important, or uh, but understanding that we're one part of their marketing mix. Um, as well. It is,
1: although I would say to localize your efforts. So if you can, saying that we want Burger King to be a sponsor, and this isn't the first time we've talked about this, is intimidating. And the assumption would be you'd have to go to somebody in Mississauga or somebody in Toronto or understand Burger King's broader strategy. Go to the person who owns the Burger King closest to wherever you're sitting. So you're sitting in Oshawa now and you want Burger King to be a sponsor you want to meet the manager at the Burger King uh, local to you and ask them what's important to them. So I think the 42.25 can be intimidating um, because, but the local franchisee may do one sponsorship you. Right. and that's sort of, you know, where uh, where you want to start with, which is less intimidating and you kind of get your head around.
0: Yeah. And we were talking just before we even jumped on here that uh, even if it is, you know, maybe their only sponsorship, Uh, it's still part of the marketing mix. So it's kind of being compared in that same portfolio approach to the local newspaper or radio or uh, direct mail, things like that. So it's all part of that kind of marketing mix. that's getting, getting evaluated. So so wanted to share that just to to kind of share a bit of perspective on what it's like from the sponsor standpoint and, and just that every few years at least it's going to come up, you know, things are going to come up for renewal and, and it's part of the process. So, there's lots of factors that, that influence a whether a sponsorship is going to be renewed, um, both internal factors and external factors. So you know, it could be things like changes in leadership. We see that quite often, where you know, a VP of sponsorship or something may may leave and they may bring in someone new and they have a different philosophy, and, yeah. and that uh, that can spark a, a change in, in sponsorships. Um, you know, a little bit lower in the in the hierarchy could just be a change in personnel. Uh, there's a lot of uh, internal kind of selling. Uh, with particularly with bigger companies uh, for sponsorship. So there may be some change in personnel that uh, could affect it both on the property side and, and on the, um, on the sponsor side. So um, as we'll talk, talk about, you know, a lot of it is about relationships. So a uh, change in personnel on either side could, could affect things. Um, occasionally you see a change in priority where, you know, the, the sponsor's looking for, you know, looking at a new pillar or something like that. Right. And it, it may just be a shift in in business strategy that they want to, Focus on so that could be a factor. Uh, market conditions, you know, you know, whether the overall economy is doing well, that might spark a, a pullback on on sponsorship spending, or in some cases, it may be uh, may increase a, a, a sponsorship spend. So uh, those things can be can be factors. Uh, the results, obviously, I mean, that's a pretty obvious one. If if it's not working, then that could spark a, a non renewal. But uh, we brought this chart here again, and this one we've referenced several times throughout the course and um to highlight you know the the factors that influence a sponsorship decision and uh, the number two factor that was listed was bias which really we kind of peg as relationship it's um it's all that that gut feel and that relationship that that is uh uh, leading to to a decision to sponsor and then has a big influence on whether someone chooses to renew or not so um, of all the factors really that that can influence a sponsorship that one really seems to be the one that's probably in most control of, of the property and one that we've emphasized throughout the course that is one you really got to focus on. Yeah, people are creatures of habit. So, you know, I think what is benefit in
1: renewal is if you have a good relationship and the sponsorship seems to have been good, uh, and then, you know, sometimes it's hard to measure, there's a likelihood that people are going to renew. It's easier to renew in some ways than not to renew. So... Um, you're kind of, you know, it's almost in some ways it's yours to lose. You know, if you have an existing sponsorship deal and you're going to the renewal, you kind of got to look at it. you got it. It's in, you know, you've done the, you did sort of the hardest part, which is get them to invest $5,000 with you. Now it's yours to lose. If you lose that sponsorship, in, in all likelihood, it's something you did wrong. So, you know, when you're looking at these factors is make sure you do everything you can um, and if
0: you do everything you can, the majority of sponsors will do. Yeah. We also talked about uh, before that having a really good relationship um, can make it really hard to say no as well. Yeah. Uh, for the sponsor, it makes it harder for them to say no. So um, if they're looking at it, maybe market conditions are bad and they're being asked by their boss to to cut the budget by whatever percent, they have a really good relationship with you. You know, maybe that makes it tough. Yeah, I sort of give a good example
1: or a story that uh, when I worked for the Edmonton Oilers years ago, Edmonton did something where at the end of the year, they would have their players deliver their jerseys, the jerseys they wore for the last game to their biggest sponsors. So a player would walk in, uh, at the time it was Doug Waite, Ryan Smith, and those are players like that. They would walk in, do an office, tell us, let's say it was a big sponsor the Oilers and hand them their jersey sign. Now, does that mean the sponsorship worked? It has nothing to do with that. Does that, all those other factors there, but, it's harder, not impossible, and but harder for the CEO of that company to then call the president of the Ebbenton Oilers and say, we're not going to renew. Now, it seems like it shouldn't matter, but that is a big effect. And even as I'm telling the story, I think people can understand how, if you were on that side of it, how you may struggle with making that decision. So I think that's the general comment is, yeah, it's hard to say no. And particularly if you have a relationship with somebody, if it's a stranger, that's so a much easier no. Yeah. For sure.
0: yeah. Um. So, under so now, kind of understanding the process from the sponsor side, um, understanding really what factors can influence when you're getting ready to go into a renewal process. First thing you kind of want to do is you want to understand a little bit where you stand. Um, so, you want to be honest with yourself and really say. You know, where, if I was in that person's shoes, am I thinking, what am I thinking about this sponsorship? Am I happy about it? And am I, am I maybe, you know, on the fence about it? Am I, have I kind of overtly come out and said that I'm not happy with certain things? So you want to really go through kind of a checklist and a, in a self-evaluation process to understand, okay, where, where do I think we stand uh, with this sponsor? So, you know, things like, you know, ask yourself, honestly, have you done a good job of, of servicing? Have you added value to the relationship? Have you, have you helped them, measure and are they measuring the the results if you know measuring the results can can be a really a sign of engagement that they're really engaged and invested in in the results of it so um, measuring it is is a good sign Um, uh, any indication you know sometimes you know there might be some indications that uh, they may be looking to uh, to not renew Uh, have you delivered what you promised that i mean that goes really to the to the results question and have you over delivered where where it's uh, strategic, have you have you over delivered on the on your deliverables? Um, have you invested in the relationship? And quite frankly, again, is is the sponsorship working? So, um, the investing in, in the relationship again, we, we referenced the the study here. Um, you know, talks about that on average, somewhere between twelve and nineteen point seven percent of a of a total sponsorship uh, is reinvested by the property back into servicing that relationship. Three point two percent reinvested to help measure the effectiveness of the sponsorship. So have you taken this sponsorship and treated it more like a donation or a gift? Or have right. you taken it and really treated it as this is an investment for a marketing purpose in return? And we're gonna help help this person do it. So
1: yeah. And I think that's the concept in general.
0: And again it's in sales and service renewals,
1: just that general. And I think, you know, even when I did, you know, some of the people listening to this when we did the live session, I felt there was too much of a propensity to think of sponsorship as philanthropy and places where people would help you out. You have to think of it in terms of a good investment for the company. And again, to get that renewal, that's the argument. Not the argument. Well, you know, Home Depot has been important to our event. That's well, that's a bad argument. Or we really appreciate the support. Bad argument. The 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 argument should talk in terms of um, we really believe it was a good investment for Home Depot, and here's why.
0: And that's the that's the renewal discussion. Yeah. Um, this third box as well is and it's a chart we've referenced several times throughout the course is. Uh, it's the chart that references the, the services that sponsors list as important. And then they, they've ranked them based on how often they feel that they're actually being delivered. And consistently over the last couple of years, wow, uh, when this study is conducted, there's always a gap that they find. So when we say, you know, have you, have you done a good job of servicing? You know, that's a good place to start is look at those things and say, we know that sponsors think these are important. Um, have we, have we delivered on them also through, you know, you know, keeping it very individualized throughout your needs analysis and through your relationship building, hopefully you've determined what, what they do actually right. think is important and have you helped deliver that. Um, so these are all just questions you want to kind of ask yourself and, and put yourself in their shoes and try to see it from their perspective and, and think, you know, if I was in their shoes, is this something I'm considering renewing or, or not? And, and the more, you know, objective you can be with yourself, uh, the better this exercise is actually going to help you out. So. Um, so some signs to watch out for, um, you know, none of these are really, you know, if if you see them, they're not te- like for sure signs that someone's thinking about not renewing, but they're things, you know, you just want to keep an eye out for uh, in some cases. So um, sp- particularly with more of those, the larger sponsors and, and the more sophisticated ones, anytime there's a, you know, a portfolio review or or something like that, you know, that might just be a sign that they're shifting priorities. So um, if your sponsorship continues to meet and match with their priorities, then no problem. But if it if it doesn't, then that could be a sign that you know some change is coming. Um, budget cuts uh, again, you know that depending on where your sponsorship and your relationship with that with that sponsor falls on the pecking order, a budget cut might mean that unfortunately they can't continue with with your sponsorship. But um, not again, not not necessarily, but it, it could be a sign. Um, and then asking, you know, asking for extra information. So particularly, you know, if it gets starts getting around the the renewal time, um, if they start asking for a lot more information, could be a really good thing. Could also be a sign that you know we're not 100 percent sure on this one, and we're doing a bit of an evaluation. We know the renewal is coming up, so let's really dig into this and um, and see if we think it's if it's a worthwhile uh, investment to continue. So. Uh, again, these are not things that for sure say that, you know, if, if this happens, then for sure we're, we're out. Uh, just things to, to kind of keep in mind while you're doing that kind of self self evaluation, self assessment. Uh, so, so you now you kind of, you understand it from, from the sponsor side, understand the process that they're likely going through. Uh, you've done a really honest and objective self evaluation to understand where you think the, the relationship stands. When you go into the sponsorship renewal process, you want to have a plan. You want to, you want to understand what, what am I hoping to achieve out of this, uh, out of this process? So really, I mean, there's really kind of one of four ways you can look at it. You can look at it and say, you know, this is going really well. Um, everybody thinks it's going well. It's pretty obvious that it's going well. Let's double down on that and let's bring some new ideas to the table. Um, you know, there, there's the cases where, you know, things are going pretty well, but you know, we don't want to rock the boat too much. So let's just make a few small tweaks and optimize here and there. But, um, everybody agrees. This is kind of going well. Uh, there, there's those cases. And these are probably the the trickier ones. The, the ones that are a little bit tougher to handle is uh, not overly thrilled, not ready to kind of walk away, but you know, we need to address some concerns. Yeah. So those ones, that being kind of one of the tough, tougher situations for, for people to deal with, how, how do you suggest people kind of approach that if, if, you know, the, their perception as the, as the property is, you know, we even we don't think that we've necessarily done that great of a job, uh, but we still think there's some really strong potential here.
1: Well, I think, if the, I think, first of all, you want to document the job you've done. So I think do a really good job of explaining. And I think you have to be positive, not just about I think a lot of people are positive about their event. So, hey, we had 50,000 people or 5,000 people at this event and we think it was great. I think you have to, you know, it has to be about them. So I think the your discussion needs to be about, again, why the event was good for them. And then I think uh, there's nothing wrong with saying we can be better. In other words, there's, there's things we're going to do and put into this new agreement. And here's what we'd like to do in the renewal document that will make that better. So, you know, if you listen to somebody's objections and then you can solve them, it makes it hard for them not to renew. So he says, well, why would you consider not renewing? be the considerations um and depending on where they go i think you you know if it's somebody's budget you can talk about their budget and maybe deferring payments maybe uh installment plans if it's talking about uh other priorities i think you can try and talk through how maybe your event could fit in there their new pillars or their other priorities so i think it's being able to adapt and being flexible, I think. And if you feel as a property you could do a better job, then go do a better job, yeah. and uh, you know, over deliver for the customers. But also, again, make sure to be talking about their, their uh, them as a, there's this tendency to say we had ten thousand people at the event and it rained, and we think next year we're doing a lot of things, so we have fifteen thousand. That didn't solve the question of why. The company is going to renew or not renew. It's how do they,
0: how are they connected to your customer, right? Uh, one one common uh, maybe objection at, at this time that would be kind of tough for people to do, and then uh, for people to handle, and then one that you have to kind of handle carefully is the in terms of price. So, so let's say a sponsor was in for uh, ten thousand dollars, just to keep a nice round number, yeah. and and they're not. You know, overly thrilled, and and really, what they what they're kind of asking for is we'd like to we'd like to reduce it to seventy five hundred or something.
1: Yeah, I think what you want, I think so for those, it's an easy answer to say yes. So I think this is a part of the process of negotiating. I think what you want to do is try to add more value at ten thousand as opposed to reduce it to seventy five hundred. So really, it's understanding the why there. I mean, oftentimes as we talk about budgets, are much more flexible than the property may think it is. So yeah, they, they may have gone back and said, I'd like to spend $7,500, but if you really provide a very appealing argument, they may stay at the $10,000. So I think, you know, you have to recognize the difference between negotiating and um, th- that's often a starting position. You know, I'd like to spend, you know, I always watch those. Um,
0: I think one where
1: it's great and I think it's sort of comical a little bit is those uh, home renovations. So people come in and they say our budget is a hundred thousand dollars. I haven't seen one and I will admit I'm not a regular watcher, but I've probably seen 20, 30,
0: 40 I haven't seen one where
1: the people building the home didn't say you're the budget covered. They all almost consistently will say, um, yeah, it's I know your budget's fifty thousand dollars, but to do the bathroom in the kitchen it's gonna cost seventy thousand. And very often what happens, some people will stay at 50, but very often what happens is all of a sudden, magically, $20,000 will appear. And I think it's just treating it the same way that that's, um, I think the mistake is to take that as gospel. When someone says, the we have $10,000, we had spent $10,000, we would like to spend 7500 I think the person with the property generally makes a mistake on their next reply. So it's, it's, I think you can't take it for, you have to really understand
0: where, what's the motivation,
1: you know, why, you know, it's a good question. There's why, well, you just curious, why did you, why have you decided that? And I think what happens is you're able to learn some information. So I know it's not a straight answer, but I think the biggest answer to that is not accept that as factual. I would say 80% of the time it's not accurate, okay. but their actual budget dropped from 10 to 7,500. just So I think you got to kind of vet that out.
0: Um, great so so you want again you, you want to have a plan you want to kind of have an idea of what what you're hoping to achieve through through the renewal process um, so, so one of the questions that uh, we really wanted to address on this episode is when and then when is it appropriate to start talking about about the renewal so uh, it's a little bit cliche but you know the first point here is kind of as soon as the ink dries on the first contract so uh, you can't really discount the fact that as soon as you start delivering on that, on the initial contract, that's really when you're kind of fighting for, for renewal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's early. I think the
1: short answer is early. You make your life easier when the renewal comes up and the less touch touch points and the longer you wait to have those conversations, the harder, harder it's going to be to renew. And that's sort of a salesperson's mentality or somebody in marketing's mentality. Oh, it's time to call them for renewal you're way too late at that point. I think having dialogue about the agreement while it's happening is what's really going to have a huge impact on getting the removal. So it's thinking of the full spectrum as opposed to uh, tightly defining it. And, you know, people will say, I don't have the time. Yes, you do So I think that concept, well, I only have time to call them twice a year. That's, you know, it's kind of a silly statement when people say that, that you don't have an hour in your day four times a year to check in on a sponsor who spent $10,000. Think of all the work at the beginning to get that company and get them to buy and all the meetings you went to. Um, You have to make the time to build that relationship. Yes, you have time to go to lunch one day a year. You're going to work 250 days in the office, so 249. Figure something else out, but that one day a year so I just don't buy the argument of um, I was too busy or it wasn't a priority. It's about prioritizing. And if you make servicing a priority, renewals will be easier. That's maybe the first yeah. way to say
0: it. Yeah, one, and we were talking about that yesterday as well. Just the finding those opportunities to have touch points or check-ins when, when you're not talking about anything related to, right. to the business. and. And that's really when a lot of those relationships are are built is when it's, you find some common interests or something they really care about and you can, you can share that with them. So trying to find those opportunities when you can do that is, uh, can go a really long way. Um, so the second point here is, is know their timeline. So uh, very similarly to that initial sales process, their timeline likely hasn't changed. So there's still a regular cadence every year of when budgets get set and, and when they're making these decisions. So, um, don't fall victim to the to the idea that well you know our season is over or whatever it is and and we need to start reaching out for renewals and we want to do all of our renewals at once it's it's really based on their timeline and, and when when are they going to be making those decisions so um, and just this from the uh, from the study once again just shows that um, you know the bulk of, of budgets are set in that July August September kind of range so, Again, that's just a a stat from a study. It's not to say that's the be-all and end-all, but no. try to find out from your sponsors when their timeline
1: is. But here's what I would say on that. Budgets may be set July, August, September, but it's always a
0: good time to talk to a sponsor. So if it's
1: February, let them tell you, uh, like, for instance, in February, somebody may say, look, our budgets are set in July, but we do our pre-planning in March, or... Somebody says, "Yeah, well, we're not. You know, we used to set our budget in July, but now we're doing. You know, we 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 do some adjustments on the fly. There's we just met with a travel agency uh, who basically said our budget's set, except we have room for great opportunities that's not in the budget. That there's a there's an area of flexibility. So I think it. I think waiting for one period of time." Uh, is a mistake. I think if you reach out to companies, you'll be able to build them into your schedule. But I think the concept of either, hey, I should call companies in July, I think you, you always, it's always a good time to reach out and it allows you multiple touch points.
0: Um, so the, the timing of, of the renewal process also may differ based on the type of agreement, the type of sponsor. So yeah. uh, you know, something like a naming rights deal, where maybe they've been that naming rights partner for 10 years. That's probably going to increase that amount of lead time you want to give until for a renewal process. If it's a one-year deal, it obviously doesn't make sense to start talking a year out about the renewal. Uh, you probably have to, you know, let the sponsorship unfold a little bit more. Um, but depending on the size and depending on the term yeah. of the yeah. initial sponsorship. Uh, that timing is going
1: to change. Yeah, I think the trick is to not miss the window, right? You're better off being too early than too late. You don't want to be, you know, as you say, you know, you do a deal on the next day, say or we were doing is probably a little early. But um, you don't want to be too late. If you're early and they tell you, hey, you're early, you're okay. Say, hey, this, we're not we aren't even looking at this for three months. Well, that's fine. Now you can uh, put it in your calendar. But if someone says, oh, you missed it by a month, you know, you're calling us in July, we actually set our budget July 1st. Or you try, let's say you try, one mistake is to, you try to reach somebody in July. You say, oh, I know I got to get them in July, but you can't reach them until August. And it's too late and you missed a year. So I think
0: air too early as opposed to late. Right. Um, one one point is just a kind of a special circumstance we wanted to, to touch on here is the concept of first writer refusal. Um, so in some cases that might be a benefit that's been negotiated with the sponsor that, for a particular category, a particular yep. asset, uh, that they get the first right of refusal uh, on that. So if a if a competitor comes in and says we want to we want to sponsor, um, that the initial sponsor gets the chance to match or, yep. or uh, better. So I, I guess you know you want to you want to be just careful here and make sure that you don't burn any bridge or hurt the relationship with the initial sponsor because of the new one. And right. um, so how, how do you kind of handle that? Well,
1: I think right of refusals you know usually it's something that a company asks for and pays a little bit more for so if someone's paying a large amount they want that first right of refusal in there and generally you probably have a good relationship with your existing partner so yeah that dialogue can enhance your ability to close the deal and some people are sometimes companies want to do something almost fear of the competitor you know so you say well we'd like to uh, TD Bank. Part of the reason TD Bank may sponsor the Blue Jays is because they don't want RPC to sponsor the Blue Jays. It's not so. First Rider refusal plays into that a little bit, saying, "Hey, like, w- prior to us going to the market is one way, or we have an offer from uh, McDonald's and we want, you know, we want to know if um, you guys are interested in matching." The challenge you have on first Rider refusal, and I wouldn't encourage them. Um, Unless companies are asking for it as something that's coming from the property is, let's say you do have McDonald's and they're spending $10,000 with you and then you go to Burger King, Burger King is going to be very reluctant to make a proposal or make an agreement or if they do and you have to say, well, McDonald's has the right to match it, your chances of getting anything from Burger King are reduced. So, you know, it's not really, it's the first rate of refusal is to the benefit of the sponsor, not the benefit of the problem. That's
0: right. So in terms of now the actual process of a a renewal, so the first step here, um, you know, we talked about, you know, it starts right right as soon as you, um, uh, as soon as you sign the initial contract and you really want to put a lot of emphasis on servicing throughout. But at some point, you do want to kind of plant that seed of of a renewal. And the sponsors are aware, but they likely know when their deal is coming up, and they know the conversation's coming eventually. But um, it can be really powerful to, you know, to just kind of plant the seed a little bit, and, and you know, whether it's a year out or however long out, just to make sure that, you know, they know it's coming, and and that they're thinking about it, and, and I, they know you're thinking about it, and um, can also be a good kind of time to to tell, okay, well, what where do we stand, you know. If, um, if you kind of plant that seed and you're getting some, some pushback, then, you know, maybe right. things are not going so well. So, right. um, so you want to kind of, you want to kind of plant that seed. And a good time to do that is really is the kind of the annual review um, as you maybe head into that last year of the, of the agreement. So as an example, on kind of a three year deal at the end of a two year at the end of the second year at that annual review meeting, where you're going through and, and showing them all the results from the sponsorship from the past year and all the things that you guys have done together. Um, that's maybe a good time to kind of plant the seed um, to yeah. say, you know, I'm not not going to talk about it today. Uh, yeah. It's not the right time to talk about it, but uh, we do want to eventually talk to you about uh, renewal, as we all know, it's coming up for for yeah. expiration in, in a year or so. So, yeah. good idea to plant the seed. Yeah. Um, you want to again? We've talked about you know setting setting that meeting based. Hopefully, by this point, you know a little bit about their timeline. So, um, when you want to set that meeting, so. You know, if it's if it's a one-year deal, you know, again, one-year deals are tough because you know you want, you don't really have too much time, so um, you need to deliver and then and then start having that conversation. So maybe target around three months out from from the expiration. Yeah. Um, if it's a multi-year deal, maybe it's six months out, and like we talked about with naming rights or big, really big sponsorships where it's long terms, yeah. maybe you're even doing it a year and a half out um, yeah. to give people enough runway. Yeah, so, those are good benchmarks, and like I said, if in doubt, go early. So
1: If you're worried that you're going to lose somebody, um, you may want to scu- scu- start those discussions early, but a renewal discussion should really be first talking about how's the existing agreement going. Right. And that leads ultimately to the renewal
0: discussion. For sure. Um, and Then when, when, it is, when it does come time to, to have that renewal meeting, really important that you're coming prepared, um, that you've given it a lot of thought, that again, this isn't looked at as a handout, isn't looked at as a gift, that it's a marketing relationship and you're coming with some results on the objectives that you initially set and how you've been delivering on those results uh, over the past year or more and some new ideas. It's, you know, nobody wants to kind of continue doing the same thing over and over and over again. So um, what are some new ideas, some new things that the team or the property is doing uh, that the sponsor can, that you think based on your expertise, the sponsor would be a good fit for um, all sorts of things like that. So you really want to come prepared with some good, some new creative ideas there. Um, so there's going to be those times, like we talked about at the outset, that sometimes the sponsorship just isn't working and it's, it's time to move on. And, um, that, again, that can be for a whole host of reasons. Um, but when it is time that, you know, it, as the properties and the people selling sponsorship, we just have to appreciate that no one bats a thousand, that, um, part this is the whole part of the process, the, the renewals and non-renewals and finding new sponsors and, it's all part of the process, so accept the fact that some people are just not going to renew and, and, and you have to kind of live with that. Um, you do want to kind of understand what are the reasons for it. Um, was it a breakdown in the relationship? I mean, hopefully not. Was it a change in priorities? All those things we kind of talked about in, in the influences on, on a renewal and influence, influences on sponsorship. You want to kind of understand what was the factors that really uh, drove their decision to, to not renew. Um, one of the most important points that we can kind of make throughout this is not to burn any bridges that this really, this industry in general is very small, um, and, uh, that who knows that, you know, a sponsor may choose to not renew now, but they may come back around a few years later. Yeah. don't
1: take it personally. So if somebody, you know, is saying we're not sponsoring your event, I think people tend to take it personally and then also not go back to that company. As you say, a year or two, people can change, personnel can change in different situations, priorities can change. So I think you have to um, fight to get the renewal, and I think that's important. But I think once the ship has sailed and you're not getting a renewal, um, as you say, don't burn any bridges. It may very well come around sooner
0: rather than later. Um, and then just the, in the words here of, of Dale Carnegie, um, uh, author of how to win friends and influence people, a great book. Um, if you haven't read it, uh, if you are wrong, admit it, um, admit it quickly and emphatically. So, um, if something that you've done personally, or if your property's done that has somehow hurt the relationship or hurt the sponsorship, then, um, you, you, you your best bet is not to argue that is, is right. to just admit it and, um, and, and move on. But, um, Great. So, so that kind of brings us to the end of uh, episode eight of our renewal uh, discussion on renewals and really brings us to the end, actually, of our of our entire look at the whole sponsorship process. So, We've now gone through eight clear steps on this entire process. Um, our next two episodes are going to focus on some really special topics about sponsorship, uh, digital sponsorship. We're going to look at all sorts of how to how to treat digital assets a little bit differently than some of your more traditional ones what new opportunities the digital world has kind of opened up in terms of sponsorship. Uh, and then we're also going to spend an episode looking at naming rights. Um, again, another uh, area of sponsorship that's become a little bit more trendy recently, it feels like, but a really prime piece of inventory that uh, a lot of properties have and, and for the right partner, it can be a really, uh, a really good fit. So uh, we're going yeah, they're, to. Yeah, they're really good.
1: Just credit uh, to having to you and sort of the group. Internally, or I mean, I think those last two topics are really two emerging trends. Obviously, the digital world and how sponsorship works has been a continually emerging trend, and uh, it's probably wrong to call it a trend anymore. It's a part of uh, it's a part of what sponsorship is, and naming rights. I think is another one. You know, I, I think the when you go from board advertising and jersey advertising, and you know, one of the last, you know, and arenas have been named now for a number of years, but um there's lots of buildings and swimming pools and things like that that uh could very well be named so that's a whole separate um opportunity that a lot of people are looking at. so i I think the last two topics are um deserve their own
0: uh their own
1: seminars for sure uh
0: so today's takeaways um hopefully a, a bit of a an understanding of the process from both sides from the sponsor's perspective and from the property's perspective Um, you want to know where you stand. So be honest with yourself, be objective with yourself. If you were in this person's shoes, how would you be feeling about the sponsorship? Um, so if you don't have a really good feeling about it, you know, we're kind of where there's smoke, there's fire. There might be, there might be something to that. So you want to, you want to try to figure that out earlier rather than later. Uh, you want to have a plan. You want to figure out, you know, what kind of level this is at. Is this somebody we can double down with? Is This somebody that we just need to make some tweaks or, you know, worst case is this, uh, uh, time to, time to go our separate ways Um, and accept the fact that, you know, that's part of the process. No one bats a thousand. Um, The renewal process is part of the whole process. And what I like
1: is it says no one bats a thousand. I like the
0: the sort of
1: similar analogy, which is if you, in baseball, if you're one for three over your whole life, you're in the hall of fame. So that means two thirds of the time you're failing. And though, you know, and I think it's a, you know, you could use a comparable example. If you have, Majority of your time will be failed. It doesn't mean the process is wrong. So, you know, I think one of the things of all eight of these seminars, I think people can get confused where they may follow something that we said and try it twice, almost to a T or three times, and it's not successful. It doesn't mean the formula is wrong. So I think part of it is you've got to understand that failure is a part of, you know, the the road to success is uh, Uh, failure is the is fundamental to success so uh, I think just you know
0: you've got to accept that in order to be successful. Great so um, do we have any questions or no Uh, great so um, with that we'll our next episode is how to approach digital sponsorship Uh, so we're going to bring that uh, to you guys in two weeks Uh, but special thanks again to Central County's Tourism and Sport Durham and we'll see everybody in a couple weeks. Thanks again to Carrie for joining me on the podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode on sponsorship renewals. So this essentially completes our eight-part series looking at the entire sponsorship sales process. So you may want to go back and listen to the episodes consecutively so you can get the full picture. Uh, we've got some really special episodes coming up, including uh, one that looks at digital sponsorship and another one that looks at naming rights. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss those. My name is Evan Colborne. Thank you very much for listening.